Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to another podcast episode of A Fit Life on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? The internet has changed the way we live, how we treat one another, and definitely how we see the world. In essence, it has brought us all together and closer than ever before. However, with every positive action, there is a negative reaction, a yin and a yang, and a good and a bad. I have on the show today, Dr. Steven Webb. He is a certified social media intelligence expert and the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Education in a Violent World. He is an award-winning educator, a police officer, and the founder of Safe School Systems an organization that helps schools and communities enact and enhance common sense school safety tactics. He uh, joins us today to discuss ways parents can teach, educate, and protect their kids from social media, cyberbullying, and the dark web. Therefore, help me welcome to the show, Dr. Stephen Webb. Hi, Dr. Webb. How are you? Hello, thank you so much for having me. It is an honor and it is a pleasure. So um, let's, let's dwell right into it because this is a topic that I really wanna give it uh, its due attention. So before we get into the, the social media aspects of cyber bullies and all that, tell me a little bit about yourself, a bit of background and how you came about with the, um, the Safe School Systems organizations. Uh, yes, well, I'm a, a 28 year educator. Uh, I'm a veteran police officer. And I'm also an Alice active shooter instructor, as well as a Raider. And a Raider is a, it's a, it's a law enforcement officer that's gone through extensive training just for solo engagement in schools. So uh, I do instruct law enforcement agencies in, in uh, how to become a Raider and, and how, to, how to not die when you go in solo against someone with a weapon. Uh, but most of all, I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a dad of four kids. And uh, they've grown up in an entirely different world than I have. And I wanted to learn more about that world. Uh, every time we hear of a shooting, you know, and we hear about them all because uh, mass media is, is all over every shooting, particularly in a school. Uh, but what we, what we don't hear about is the thousands and thousands of kids who are killing themselves um, because of their depression and largely because of their social life. And uh, I'm also on the child death review team for our DCFS here in my state. And uh, I've reviewed countless autopsies and investigated these, these suicides. And uh, of all the photos, one of the last things that they're holding is their phone. And uh, I wanted to dive into this because I want, I want the shock value to occur on kids' mental health, not just on shooting. I've traveled the country talking to parents, talking to community members about there are shootings that have happened at Parkland. I've gone to Columbine High School, Santana High School. 
I've been all across the U.S. and all, all I ever hear is, I can't believe it happened here. I want to be able to stop saying that and say, well, here's why it's happening and here's how we can stop it. Yeah, the, this is just happening too much. These uh, unnecessary deaths go, go much any further. How is social media and the cyber bullies and obviously the dark web, how have they traumatized our kids? Well, this pandemic, where have our kids been? And, you know, as, as a parent, my kids have grown up in the day where we would put a video in the, the VCR when they were really young or, uh, you know, as they got older, we had iPads and we would put a video on, they'd be real quiet. Well, mm -hmm. these kids are still quiet. They're quiet. They're in their rooms. We equate that with, with behaving and being safe. The fact that we are able to protect them because they're home. They're not out driving around. They're in our house and we believe that is great. The kids are behaving, but all in all, kids are inquisitive. They're looking mm -hmm. at things to sensationalize their lives, and they're in an era of instant information. And it's not always great information, but it's information that piques their interest. And when children are investigating their interests, they no doubt get to things that traumatize them because they are looking for something that sensationalizes. So even though they're quiet in their rooms, they're becoming depressed. They're having issues with their cognitive abilities because all they're thinking about is that next ding that's going to occur on their phone to find out what somebody is saying about them rather than to them. Mm. Explain cyberbullying and the effects on the suicide rates on children. Yeah, cyberbullying has really jumped since kids have been, there's kids still try to find their clicks. You know, kids are still trying to enter into their social norms and uh, they're only able to do that now by technology that they have because they're not able to be in the same in-person environment. And so cyberbullying has really increased. And one of the worst things that are, has occurred or that's continued to occur are kids are looking for self-esteem builders, pedophiles, cyberbullies, any other type of criminals know that. And they utilize these social networks to be able to entice kids into that, into that social area. And then when they lower the boom and they start then talking bad about them and uh, ostracizing them from a particular group, and, and it happens all the time with kids. we got to stop saying, well, that's just kids being kids. Because you know what? They're devastating. They're telling kids you ought to just kill yourself. They're telling kids uh, you, you mean nothing to this world. Uh, they are even giving them ways to kill themselves through these many times anonymous social areas. That's something we better address, and we better address it now, because CDC now has child suicide as the second leading cause of death. And I'm tired of it. And I'm here to stop it. Absolutely. Give me some signs that kids are cyberbullied, some signs that you can see as a parent. Sure. Well, cyberbullying generally brings out depression in a child. So the signs of depression that you're probably seeing in your house when, when kids are not talking to you and, and you think, well, that's just a teenager. You know, that's just a kid being a, one of those crazy teenagers. We remember those days. But in fact, kids are really good at saying, hey, mom, dad, nothing's wrong. Don't worry about it. I can handle it because they don't believe that you understand the world that they're living in. I was there. I'm hmm. now 51 years old. I'm now that old guy that I didn't think when I was young knew what my world was like. And I didn't want to talk to them either. But here we are. We're seeing kids that are not eating right anymore when they had a group of friends and now they're no longer around that group of friends or no longer talking to them. Uh, whenever they start having uh, stomach pains, all of the time, they're starting to really look at their, their bodies. When you see them posting on Instagram and they're really using those filters to try to throw out a better picture, you know, here we have social media telling you you're not pretty enough because they put filters on these things to try to make you prettier. That affects our kids. 
So when you see that they're no longer involved in activities that they used to love to be involved with you, then that's not just a kid being a kid. Their world is changing. And for us, these parents these days, I'm included now because I'm involved with my phone at all times. It's on me at all times. Right. We've got to get out of our phone and get into their phone and start looking at their apps. I'll just give you one more bit of advice here. If they've got three calculators on their phone, they're not using three calculators. Two of them are probably cloaking apps and they're hiding mm. things through those calculators with some type of password. And you know mm. how you find out? Mm. Get in your kid's phone. Go to those apps, go look them up on Google and they'll tell you exactly what they're used for. The days of, of kids wanting their own personal space, that's great. That phone is not one of them. Right. So personal involvement from, from a parent's side, that's the most important thing. That's what I get from you, correct? Communication. Communication. Communicate. And we're having communication issues all over the U.S. right now, if not all over the world, because we're so engrossed in snippets of, of information through a text message, through a Snapchat. So listen, Snapchat's got 160 million users a day. Wow. A day. That's amazing. And those are little snippets. Those are just little pictures, maybe a little video. That's the information that people are sharing with each other. So communication is so key in asking good questions and not just taking everything's fine, mom, everything's fine, dad, and asking better questions about, okay, what happened to this friend? Where are, the, are you guys not friends anymore? What happened there? They'll hmm. tell you. Many times they'll tell you, no, I don't like them anymore. Well, you can guarantee if they were good friends at the beginning of the summer and they're not good friends now, something happened. And they don't want anybody else to handle it. They want to try to handle it themselves. And many times they're not able to handle it themselves. For those that don't know what the dark web is, put it in, in context for us. What, what is the dark web? Well, it's better than three times bigger than the internet that you understand. Whenever you go to a Google, mm -hmm. right? You go to a Google on your, your internet explorer or your, your Google browsers and you search something and you think, oh my God, there's, there's millions of things. Well, there's billions of hits when you go onto the dark web. And the only way you can get there is a special browser. It's mm. called Tor, T-O-R. Okay. So if your child has the Tor browser on their computer or the Tor app, which looks like a Vidalia onion, a lot of these, these terrible, terrible websites have a dot onion at the end rather than a dot com. Uh, if they've got that on there, there is nothing, nothing good for them on the dark web. Nothing good. If they've got a VPN, a Nord VPN, it's a virtual private network, it means they're trying to hide the fact that they are searching things. And Tor, that's what it's all about. The dark web is there so you can hide the fact that you are searching certain things and that allows criminals to go rampant. You can buy drugs, you can buy weapons, you can buy a hitman, you can, but that's besides seeing all of the pornographic images and being able to get to pedophilic areas that, that are just absolutely a shock to the system. So that's when you know a kid is really looking to sensationalize their experiences on technology. Mm. What can the state and local officials do, Dr. Webb? Well, the state and local officials can't do anything because that's your First Amendment right to be able to put some of this stuff out there. Some of my presentations I do all across the nation, I utilize videos of game, video games. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, back several years ago when my kids were young, you had to pay $60 for a video game at Walmart for them to be able to play it. That's correct, so yes. many <laughs> times that wasn't widespread. Now they're free. They're free to download. And for your listeners out there, you need to go find out what's out there because you can download the Columbine Massacre RPG 
and you can get points for killing kids and teachers all day long. And you know how much that costs to download it? Free. It Probably is free. zero. It costs nothing. Hmm. There's a suicide simulator out there. All you have to do is download it. You guess it. It's free. And you can just pick how you want to commit suicide, and you do it. And that's how you get points. These are hmm. video games that are out there that anybody, any age can download. We need to understand when they're on the devices of our kids or they're on any of the devices in your house. And the only way to do that is to go in and do searches. Wow. Um, let's talk about your book, Education in a Violent World. Why'd you write it? And um, give me, give me some, some, some tips from the book. Well, that's exactly why I wrote it, because I'm, I'm now that guy that didn't grow up in this age. And I wanted to better understand it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a college professor, and I've, I've got these kids going through there. I want to understand what's going through their minds because it's not that they're walking in as mass murderers. They're walking in as kids. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're turning into something because of their mental health, because of something in their minds that are telling them, I'm getting ready to commit suicide. I want to go in and I want to do the most damage possible. So it's not going in and mitigating the shooter. That's my cop side. Everything the cops do these days are response, how we're going to respond, how we're going to come in and how we're going to take out that and mitigate that shooter. I want to get them when they're walking in the door as a kindergartner and finding out what's going on in their lives that I can change before they get to that point. And that's why I wrote the book. and That's why I've investigated it for years. It's time for people to start looking at these kids when they come in and stop talking about all this common core and making them take some kind of standardized test to tell them that they're abnormal. It's time to start adding more vocational classes, more reasons for them to be connected to their school and their community, not less, because they're finding that connection somewhere else, and it's not a good connection. Mm. We've got an opportunity here, but we're losing it over some kind of standardized norm that we want to run kids through like a bunch of cattle rather than individualizing their baggage and working on that. What's been the response, Dr. Webb? What, what have people been saying uh, about the book, about you? Well, it's still a bestseller on Amazon, and for it to go over 40 weeks, I, uh, my, my publisher says that's amazing. Yes, it is sad amazing. that I have to write something like that, and mm. that is something that is popular. But here's what most people are saying whenever they talk to me about this, mm -hmm. that it's just too big a job, that you can't change politicians, you can't change the legislature, you can't change. Well, that's why I'm on your show today, yeah. because I need your help. Maybe me alone can't do it because I've fought these things for years, for decades. I've been president of associations. I've done my best to get in the room with legislators, and it's tough. If I don't get the mass, if I don't get all of these people working in the same direction to understand the worst thing that's ever happened to these kids, the worst thing is not technology. It's how we're allowing them to utilize technology to separate themselves from reality. We need to be adding reality back into our schools and not sticking a kid in another math class just so they can take a test. We need to teach them some values, some life values, and work with these kids on their mental health because you know what? They can figure out how to do math by going to Google it. Yeah, of course. What they, what they need is somebody to love them, to nurture them, and to teach them how to connect with other people and not with that device that's in their pocket 24-7. Mm. Are, we, are we too late to reverse the trend? Absolutely not. It's never too late. When that kid comes in as a kindergartner, their mind is free of all of this. We just need to understand when they walk in that door, quit trying to make them take a test. Quit trying to make them learn math and reading to the point where we have to have them at a certain level like a bunch of cattle because every kid's experiences online are different. 
you're, this is widening the gap of the haves and the have-nots. Our schools need to be trying to close that, not by making them take a test, by connecting them with society, connecting them with their schools. Connect, you get a kid connected with their school and with their teacher and with somebody that loves them and cares for them, then they're going to want to come to school because we're going to have all kinds of vocational classes. Listen, schools are canceling vocational classes, music, arts, all over the country right now yeah. to add in some remedial reading or add in some remedial math because they're getting punished for taking a test. That's the mm. worst thing that's ever happened to our kids, and it's making our kids not want to go to school even, even more than all of the, the movies that you've seen over time. Right. They don't want to connect to the school because they don't understand why they're there when they can Google it and figure it out, and they don't have to do all of this going to class business. That's mm. our fault. We've yeah. got to change because our schools are still designed from the early 1900s. It's time for us to do some changing. Two more questions. COVID-19, how has that affected it? How has that changed the, the playing field? In terms of uh, mental health, they're already, um, their anxiety levels are already high because we're telling them that there's a deadly disease floating around the air and everywhere they go, they could get it and die. You think about that as a child and their brains are not developed to the point where they really understand that fear. That's why kids do dumb things. They don't understand that fear and how it, how it could really be detrimental to them. Mm -hmm. But what they do understand is now we've got a whole school full of kids with masks on, whereas our school safety efforts were always, we need to be able to see your face. We need to be able to determine if you're distraught. And if you are distraught, if there's something we see in your face, we need to get you counseling. We need to get you places. That's making it tougher for, for us to understand that anxiety. But listen to this. When you take a kid who's been in an environment Child abuse is up over 20% right now because parents have had to stick them with whatever person they can find because they still had to go to work. Yeah. And now child abuse is up because they're putting them with people that they didn't need to be with. Now we've got them back into school. Let's try to keep them there because that's where we can save a kid's life. Last question. How do we see things developed within the next five, 10 years? Well, there will always be a new iPhone. There will be probably 10 new iPhones in the next 10 years. And kids will be clamoring for that. One in five eight-year-olds have, have smartphones now. One in five. And you know what's going to change? More and more are going to get them because that's now a status symbol for our littlest of children. And it's a status symbol for some parents as well to make sure their children have that. So what's going to change is going to get faster. Information is going to get quicker. And we're still going to have politicians say, education is my number one priority. And then they're going to look back and say, it's just too big to change. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's not. You get vocational classes back in, you get our fine arts, you get kids connected to something in the schools, you're gonna see this violence start ending because now we're teaching them how to change the oil in their car. We're teaching them how to do life things. We're teaching them how to cook, be a parent even, instead of making them go into another math class that they so hate. Hmm. It's our job to try to find out how to help a kid be successful. And nobody should ever say it's just too big a battle because I'm on your show today because you're helping me with this battle. Yes. We just need to win this war. Absolutely. For our listeners, if you can provide us your social media handles or a way they can get, reach out to you, Dr. Webb. Sure. My Twitter handle is at SDWebb12, S-D-W-E-B-B-12. And you can get a hold of me through my website at drstevewebb.com, D-R-S-T-E-V-E-W-E-B-B.com. And while you're there, download my, my three-step guide to staying safe in public. Hey, we're all ready to get back in public. 
we're all tired of being uh, isolated in these houses and in, in these walls. You know, there's a lot of people that didn't receive mental health during this time. There's going to be a lot of people out in public that are still suffering from suicidal tendencies. And we have still got people that are staring at their phone when they get in and out of their vehicle, when they're walking down the street, instead of looking at their environment around them. So I go all over the country training parents and uh, businesses on getting back to business after this pandemic, because listen, we're all traumatized by it now. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're all ready for some type of social interaction. And at drstevewebb.com, I'm, I'm trying to address some of that for you. So get a hold of me if, if I need to talk to your board, to your teachers, to your parents, to your community. If it's going to save a kid's life, I'm there. Dr. Webb, thank you. Thank you so much for your, for your passion. Thank you so much for, your, for your, your belief. We need more of this. Absolutely. I will do anything in my part to help you out in any way I can. And uh, I hope some of our listeners out there will do the same thing. It's, um, it's been an honor and pleasure to have you on the show. And I'm looking forward to reconnecting with you real soon. Thank you. Thank you. Call anytime. Well, that is it for this episode of A Fit Life. I want to thank Dr. Stephen Webb for joining us today on a very interesting conversation. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you did, please subscribe and rate this show on iTunes. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Any comments or questions you'd like to submit, you can do so at Geraldo Megalara on Instagram and Twitter. In closing, if you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. For a fit life, I'm Geraldo Megalara here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.